Hey guys, Dizlife Mark here, and I want to tell you all about the official travel partner here at Chip and Company. Let our good friend Sarah at Destination to Travel help you plan your next Disney vacation. Sarah specializes in planning dream vacations for your family. She's an authorized Disney vacation planner, and she can help with every step of your magical vacation. The best thing is that her services are 100% free. Want to travel beyond Disney? Sarah has you covered there too. Want to find out more? Fill out a trip request form over at the website at Chip Co. or email her directly at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. What are you waiting for? Start planning that dream vacation today. Email her at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome, foolish mortals. Greetings, program. Amigos, amigos down there. It is me up here. Howdy, folks. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the train and remain seated at all times. Nice work, pal. Well, we have one of those new talking machines. Now that is something. We know what our goals are. We know what we hope to accomplish. And believe me, it's the most exciting and challenging assignment we've ever tackled. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Diz Life Podcast. Thank you for being a part of our Disney Lives here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. My name is Mark Valentine, and I'm the host of Diz Life Podcast. You can join us weekly as we discuss the very best of Disney parks, resorts, dining, and beyond. And don't forget to smash that subscribe button to access more incredible audio content from the Chip and Company Podcast Network. And just a reminder, head over to chipandco.com for the latest and the most uplifting headlines from across Disney parks from across the world. Want to support the show? Well, buy us a cup of coffee on our new patron portal, buymeacoffee.com forward slash Podcast. The donation helps keep the show going strong here, and we create special content for our supporters, including behind-the-scenes content and much, much more. Let's welcome, once again to the show, he's actually sitting right in front of me for the first time ever. (laughs) Greg, this is weird. It feels weird to have you here in person. Why are you here? How did you get here? Uh, hoy hoy everyone and welcome to Diz Life Podcast. Welcome in everybody. This is amazing. I am sitting four feet away from Mr. Mark Valentine. Um, I'm, I'm by the fireplace. The dog is at my feet. We're relaxed. Uh, there's a tiki next to me. I'm in the tiki room. You are in the tiki room studio. What is going on here, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) If, if it seems a little quieter today, Mark and I are trying not to, uh, bleed into each other's microphones because, uh, we are both individuals so we're both being a little calm today it was an emotional day yesterday it was um happy birthday to the one and only mr mark valentine we came up here to enjoy your special day um and we went what did we do we had an amazing oh it was an emotional it was a train wreck of emotions and love and a lot of food yeah so we had a lot of food uh greg and holly i want to say thank you you guys flew up from orlando i picked you guys up at the airport on friday Yesterday, we drove into the city, but we're doing like all things uniquely New York, bagels, pizza, Italian food. We went to Carmine's for dinner over on 44th, and then we were in the room where it happens. You and me, Uh, 
<laughs> Wanna be in the room where it happens. The room where it happens. The room where it happens. I. <laughs> <laughs> We had a chance to see Hamilton. It was your first time seeing Hamilton with Holly. Linda and I had won the lottery for Hamilton once prior. So this was only our second time seeing it. But was it everything that you thought it was going to be, man? He's touching everything right now. I'm living, wow. <laughs> He's touching everything. He's hitting all the buttons. <laughs> Mark put me on the opposite side of the desk, so I could not touch any buttons while we were recording. Man, Hamilton... First off, let me just tell you, uh, I've, I've watched it since the previews on PBS many years ago. Yep, I remember that. And so uh, I knew it was going to be fantastic. It came out and became uh, a global phenomenon. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, obviously, um, and the rest of the cast, so good. We got to see a new cast, obviously, and I think they did such an amazing job. Yeah. We had such an amazing job. There's been a lot of food eaten. Yes. Uh, my stomach is uh, growling. Right now, um, well, we're gonna have some more pizza tonight. It's Super Bowl night tonight, right? And we're gonna have the Super Bowl. Like, what yep. else could go wrong? I mean, go right. Well, the, it's the Eagles <laughs> in Kansas City, so I have no stake in the game. But you know what? We'll watch the commercials. We'll check out all the trailers for the new Disney stuff. We're gonna eat pizza and some more good food, and then you guys are flying home tomorrow. So sad, sad day. It's a sad day. It is, but you know what? You have to have a little rain in order to appreciate the sunshine, my friend. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, Tuesday. Mark, I'm now coming to you from uh, the laundromat in the house. You um, are. I am well, by keeps, the dryer. It keeps me humble. I always joke with people that they, they can only see on the camera, like the Mickey neon sign and all of the accoutrements of the, of the studio. And I tell them it keeps me humble because what do I look at? I look at the washer and dryer and I am literally broadcasting from our, our laundry room. So it keeps me very humble. My bedroom is two feet to the right of me. It is. You're staying essentially in our in our family room. Yeah. yeah in the Disney family room. And can I tell you, what a beautiful... I, I really want to put this out there. Thank you to both Linda and yourself. First off, Linda, for bringing up the idea of us coming up here. It was all Linda, yeah. But uh, hosting us, I know I am a lot. I am, I am quite a lot of a person. Yeah. I'm not a big person, but the personality goes a long way. Um, so, yeah, poor Holly has just been like, you better be on your best behavior or I'm going to kill you. Well, we have not been on our best behavior. We tortured our wives on the drive home back from New York last night. We broke out Big Word Bane. It was, uh, it was fun, man, driving home at 2 a.m., getting Tasty Cakes from Wawa at I, I, I literally, Tasty Cake story real quick. So I have an affinity for Tasty Claire's, yep. which are basically like Boston cream pies. Yep. And uh, you can only get them. get them from Tasty Cake. Or, yeah, and they're only in this area of the world. I don't know why. They do not go down to Florida because they'll melt. Look, the chocolate will melt. Yeah. So at 2 a.m., I was like, Mark, we need to stop at Wawa right now. He's like, did. they're not going to have what you're looking for. <laughs> they are, because I know this part of the world, I'm going to get a Tasty Claire. And lo and behold, at 2 a.m. in the morning, we did a toast Tasty Claire run. You did. I'm a fat man <laughs> in a small body. Yes. My doctor loves me. Hey, Sarah, how are you? The diabetes is going good. Sarah, yeah, Sarah, he's going to need some <laughs> He's going to need some clinical help after the, this weekend. I, I broke him. Uh, so, But ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we are celebrating. It's Valentine's Day on Tuesday. So love is in the air and we love are gonna, in the air. We're going to be talking about the best Disney couples of all time. We have our picks, our top 10, and then of course you can always argue with us. But Greg, you know, you know how we have to start off the show, my friend, right? First take. 
takes. <laughs> it's time for Dislike First Takes. And now it's time for Dislike First Takes. First Takes. These are the headlines that are going to get you talking this week. First Takes. We here at Dislike Podcast are giving you the first word on Disney news and parks headlines. First Takes. So here's what's firing off this week over at Chip and Company. First Takes. (laughs) It never gets old, man. First take. First. I'm looking Mark right in the eye while I do this, and he's like, stop looking at me while we're doing this. This is creepy. Yeah, it's... it's Mark, it's first takes. First takes, Greg. All right, these are the headlines that we think that you guys are going to be talking about this week. Some of them just broke a few days ago, uh, but usually it's, we- it's weird when the weekend comes. A lot of these don't catch until next week. But uh, Greg, uh, Disney sequels are on the horizon for Disney and Pixar. So uh, earlier this week, it was announced that, first of all, Dwayne Johnson and Auli Cravalho are rumored to make a return for Moana. So that was the first thing. Uh, then Disney CEO Bob Iger announced yesterday that Disney and Pixar is working on a Toy Story 5. Later, that was confirmed by a post of all people, Tim Allen, who the actor uh, who plays Buzz Lightyear. And then Iger confirmed another sequel for Frozen and the first sequel for Zootopia. So Disney is revisiting a lot of its blockbuster films and blockbuster animated stuff. Uh, but Tim Allen was seemingly surprised. He confirmed that Buzz Lightyear is going to return. He sent out a tweet and said, see you soon, Woody. You are a sad, strange little man and you have my pity. And off we go for number five to infinity and beyond. Does that mean that we're going to get um, Tom Hanks too? Cause Tom Hanks said he was done. We're getting a toy story five. How do you, first of all, how do you feel about this? Have you processed all of this? Uh, I know you're probably excited for Frozen. What are your thoughts on all of these different sequels, man? Uh, let's start off with the basics. Um, Zootopia, uh, great. That's wonderful. Uh, Frozen 3, we kind of already knew that that may be in the works with both uh, Kristen Bell and Idina Menzel saying that they would love to return to those roles. And Josh Gad later confirmed that he also would love to come back as Olaf. Uh, you know, the one I'm confused on, Mark, is the Toy Story franchise coming back. It can't be the continuation of the story. Um, we know Tom Hanks does not want to reprise the role. Maybe his brother will do it. Uh, we don't know. Look, this is Disney trying to get back into the fans' good graces. That's all this is. Like, this has nothing to do with animation. This has no, it has to do with they're trying to get back in the good graces, and these franchises are what people love. And they're the, you look on the box office receipts, they're in the top 20. But Toy Story 4 was not beloved. A lot of people didn't want it. They panned it. So here's the only way I think you can have a five, and it continues. Woody is not a part of it. Him and Bo are off. That will they make the couples list too, by the way, what a, an amazing Disney couple. You have to stay tuned for the main attraction to see if they're one of our favorite romantic couples, but uh, Woody and, and Bo Peep have to be off there in their own thing. And it was kind of sad because Buzz Lightyear and the rest of the toys kind of got flat left by Woody. So the only way that I think five could work is to, for them to finish Buzz Lightyear's story arc and the rest of the toys who were just kind of like left with Bonnie. I'm fine with that. Great. Let's see what happens. I don't want to say too much. Like, I don't want to judge too much on this. We don't know anything. We don't know anything. And, you know, Toy Story 4 was panned. I loved it. I thought it was a good ending. Uh, Toy Story 3, though, was an emotional wreck. Like, I'm still getting over that movie. Still scarred. Yeah. I liked the ending for Woody of Toy Story 4. But I'm in the minority. A lot of people didn't like it. 
All right, moving on to another first take. So Josh DeMauro first take. confirmed that Disney's job cuts are not going to be affecting the hourly cast members. Uh, we already know that this article has already started to blow up. A lot of people are, are clicking into this one. So we're not being too predictive to know that a lot of people are already clicking on this in droves. But it was an email to Disney cast members about the 7,000 job cuts that were announced by Bob Iger yesterday in his first quarter earnings call. And the Disney Parks chairman, Josh DeMauro, confirmed the job cuts would not affect hourly frontline cast members at the Disney theme park. The job cuts amount to about 3% of Disney's global workforce. Iger said the job cuts are necessary to address challenges that the company is facing right now. There was a lot of red in the ledger in the fourth quarter of last year, uh, but we know that this was kind of coming, right? Because former CEO Bob Chapek did announce a hiring freeze and job cuts before he was replaced by Bob Iger. Them simply changing who is in charge doesn't change at least immediately the financial trajectory, but a lot of people were hopeful that the job cuts would not happen considering Disney saw an increase in revenue in the first quarter of 2023. But lo and behold, uh, they are moving forward with those job cuts. It looks like it's more executive salaries than anything else. But is this a big deal, man? This is just the ebbs and flows of the business world, is it not? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And let me try. Let me see if I can sound intelligent talking about this for sure, a second. Sure, sure, sure. Um, you when always you sound are, intelligent to me. My thank friend. you. I, I appreciate that. I sound like me. Um, when you are a business, the number one expense you have normally is cast members or employees. Um, and the biggest thing you can do to appease stockholders at this time of day or this type of year, when you have a loss on your earnings report, is to cut employees, they're your biggest expenditure of the year. So of course, they're going to get rid of employees first to appease the stockholders and try and raise the stock prices up. What Disney's doing is they are getting rid of a complete whole division. The Disney Media, DMED, Disney Media Entertainment Division is being cut and it will no longer now, be around. That was the division that was started by Bob Chapek. Am I am I correct in that? Correct. Okay. And all the everything would go through them that would see the light of day. Anything going to Disney Plus, anything at the parks, they they still had so that oversight and that whole committee is or um sector <laughs> is gone. I am not a committee. <laughs> I am not a committee. <laughs> uh, so yeah, look, I'm happy to hear that the cast members that are in the parks on a daily basis that we see are not going to be affected by this. Here's the only issue is they're still fighting a union um, fight. They are working they are. without contract, the most of the employees down there. So I think Disney has a lot to clear up that way before they can figure out what they're going to do with hourly waged cast members down there. And there's what, 65,000 cast members in the Walt Disney World community. So th yeah, that's a big number to keep around. And this one sounds like they're going after the uh, the more higher paying jobs, the more specialized jobs. They might be cutting some of the, and trimming yeah. some of the fat at the top. And let's not forget, we still have the whole Lake Nona move that's going to happen. So we don't know how many of those people are going to keep their jobs or they want to stay in California and are going to lose their jobs. It's a, it's a rough one, this one. It is a rough one, but let's say this too in our third headline not everything's bad like there were actually some really great things that came out of that earnings call but so D disney had an earnings call for the first quarter walt disney company revenue actually grew by eight percent this is what we think a lot of people are also first gonna, takes. he's talking about in our first takes 
But it was announced last week so that the Walt Disney Company's first quarter earnings for fiscal 2023, the revenues for that quarter grew 8%. That is a big improvement for the downturn that they experienced in the fourth quarter, which led to the ouster of Bob Chapek and obviously Bob Iger stepping in. But Iger said, and I quote, after a solid first quarter, we are embarking on a significant transformation, one that will maximize the potential of our world-class creative teams and our unparalleled brands and franchises. Uh, the Walt Disney Company, or he said, we believe the work we are doing to reshape our community around creativity while reducing expenses will lead to sustained growth and profitability for our streaming business, better position us to weather future disruption and global economic challenges and deliver value for our shareholders. I have to say this before I ask you your opinion on all this. Iger is a master communicator and he's proving that in his first weeks on the job. Tons of email communication with D23 members, annual pass holders, stockholders, investors, Everyone that has a stake in Walt Disney Parks or Walt Disney Entertainment, he's doing a really great job of communicating a lot of this stuff and weathering what could be, again, really rocky weather after the last financial quarter. But Iger's proving why he's the right guy to shepherd them for the next two years to transition them to whoever the next CEO is. He does a really great job of instilling confidence that the companies are okay. He talked about Park capacity and they've actually lowered capacity by 20% increasing customer satisfaction. There was a lot that went into this call, man, but it, it, he makes it always seem so positive that the future, he makes it like the future is bright. And it, it, we had lost hope for, for that at a while, for a while. Right. You said it great, my friend, and there's a lot to unpack here. And you know what? Uh, it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, we are having a great time. Showing so the love. <laughs> I wish we're showing the love on this one. Mark Valentine, you just talked about the 8% for the first quarter of 2023. What are you going to do next? <laughs> uh, I'm going to ride Tron? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. No, look, I, yeah, of course. That's great. Moving on. Yeah, I have like I. There's so much to unpack that it 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 it's overwhelming sometimes. And so, you know what? I just want to have fun today. You're done with first takes. I'm done. First takes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Greg. So let's get into Mark's main attraction. Are you ready? Because I can show you the world, shining, shimmering, splendid. Greg, as we said, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> so, so for today's show, we're going to be talking about the most romantic couples in Disney history by ranking our favorite Disney pairings of all time. Just a little peek behind the scenes. This is actually take two of this. Take one wound up being so off the wall and so zany. That we were like, we got to do this again. It was not acceptable for people to listen to. <laughs> we um, might have gotten canceled. We, uh, both of us would have gotten canceled. I'm always worried about myself being canceled. You I, know how to um, disappear usually, into the hedges. I'm usually pretty good. Yeah. I pushed the boundaries this time. You did. And I was like, this is great. And here's the other problem. I don't know how to sit still. We've learned. You have learned being in a studio with me is not easy. But we walked away. 
We regrouped. We learned a little something about each other. We did. We are now, now that we recorded once together, the second time is so much easier. We did talk to our wives about our list and um, our list has been readjusted, if you will. It did. And we, we're going to, we'll fully admit and we'll make this an honorable mention, but we had Belle and the Beast. As number one. As number one on our list. And the girls gave us a little advice and maybe some wisdom mm-hmm. to take pause about that coupling. Like literally pause. Yeah. Like, like pause. Yeah. Yeah. Cause listen, you know, mm-hmm. it's like an Alanis Morissette kind of situation, Rar. you know? Yeah. So we, Wolf. we need to reconsider inter species relationships. Love? Yeah. Both. So we, and amended your it. daughter yeah. gave me fidget things. So now I'm not sitting here playing with all of your toys You've with got, you. Yeah. We've got him some manipulatives. Mm-hmm. We're good. So instead of touching various buttons and like, it was crazy during the last session, turning on lights, walking around. If you ever see us, ask us about this episode, the lost episode, if you will, Mark. It really is it going needs to be lost. It's going to be, and it will be, and it's going to become a lost episode. But today we're giving you the top 10 romantic couples. Uh, we have tweaked this. There's been a little bit of a debate, a discussion. The wives were involved in this. So we did tweak this a little bit. They, they gave us again, some sage advice and some sage wisdom. So these are the, the top 10, according to both Greg, myself and Holly and Linda. Are you ready, man? Let's do this on Mark's Let's dive right into this. Attraction. Uh, so number 10, and these are in order in terms of like number our 10. least to greatest. So we realize that and the least isn't really the least. It's not the least. Like, and they're, listen, they're there are big. some people who are missing. There's some major couples missing from this. It's a tough, it's a tough list. Tough this crap. isn't easy to do. Yeah. Uh, so our number 10 is kind of complicated because they don't really have hearts. They have central processing units, but you know what? They showed us that machines can love too, Greg. And I'm talking about Wally and Eve from the animated film, Pixar film, Wally. Is there a greater fire extinguisher scene ever? Uh, best use of a prop in a love. Let's go with that. Yeah. Then best I... use of a prop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We're really not trying. I swear to God, we are. We're trying to keep this on the rails, man. <laughs> I swear. The problem is, is looking into each other's eyes longingly while talking about props. Listen, the movie is sweet. It's innocent. It's just absolutely adorable. I would have actually had this higher on my list because of my love for Wally is is greater than some of the other characters. But listen, it's if lower. you don't have a heart, yeah. how do you love? And Wally and uh, Eve show us. that's it's very true and with only two words they can just give us the the goo goo eyes and it would be wally eve right two words in the whole that's it that's all they speak pretty much main protagonist of that movie really has nothing to say well the main protagonist that movie is slovenly behavior wow that went dark it did i thought we were talking about love not like human nature well there's some pretty there's some pretty unhealthy love affairs with like food and and uh, and fatty foods, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, isn't that how humanity like kind of gets into trouble? <laughs> yeah, we we love nature we so get a, much. Yeah, we get we get ourselves into, and ourselves into hot stuff. Yeah. yeah. So love yourself. 
<laughs> like even Wally. All right, here we go. Number nine. We're going to keep this moving. The problem with the first uh, recording was we also got bogged down with a lot of, we got sidetracked you and me, sometimes me trying to rein you in, but we, we did, we got sidetracked. There was a lot of toys that were played with. Um, there was a lot of uh, banter about random things. He literally took out some, I, I have various like Funko pops and other toys and there was a full like play session in the middle of the the last. What are recording. these kingdom? No, give Manus? me that. You're, you do not get to play with that this time around. I'm going to thank Bella again for the squishies. Yep. Just use the use the the trinkets, man. Just use the fidget toys. Stay on target. Stay. You know on what target. I just realized? What? Your Darth Vader calendar is off. Is by off by three, three months. months? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It, ladies and gentlemen, it is now November twenty third. Of whatever year you want it to be in. It you could, could be from it. two years ago. Listen, change change the calendar right now while we get into our number, number nine. Number nine. All right, so number nine on our top romantic pairs of all time in Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put this one lower because I think that relationships should be based on honesty. And I don't know if our, our suitor was entirely honest with his love, and that would be Aladdin and his love Jasmine. Listen, it was a beautiful story after all. The song, I think, really is what, you know, captures us whisking her us away. Us as in each other? Well, no, or no, like us the, as in... A Disney in, community. Okay, yeah. Whisking her away on a magic carpet ride, like whispering sweet nothings, just the, the melodious song of I can show you the world. But let's, let's face it, man. Um, th- there, was, there was a lot of truth-telling that needed to happen in this relationship. He kind of bamboozled Jasmine a little bit. Talk about false promises. So this man has sold a, a a bill of goods that he could not cash in on. Well, he like, really couldn't. And she was having none of it. She did not want to be treated like a royal. She just wanted to be a normal person and find love. Yep. But here's why this one works for me. Because she didn't love the prince she really loved the street urchin that she met in, in the streets. And that's why this street worked. Rat. But that's, yep, that's why this worked. I don't buy that. <laughs> it, was, it was the tiger. The tiger saved the, the day. I lost the lyrics. I literally, you just saw me lose yeah. it. The that's tiger, a Raja, is spectacular. Raja is the hero. Yeah, look, I, and it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful love story. I think you said it best earlier when you said, uh, this song makes that scene and makes the love affair so much better. Very romantic. Very, very, romantic. very, very romantic. And of course, like uh, what, what couple hasn't sung this to their significant other at one point in life? Either, you know, in, in real or in jest. So uh, we, we do it on the regular. Yeah. So just looking lovingly into your partner's eyes and telling them that you can show them the world. Shining, shimmering, <laughs> splendid. All right, Craig, let's, let's move on to number eight. Uh, I love the will they, won't they of this relationship. Uh, and that is Megala and Hercules from the animated film Hercules. They have a real Sam and Diane vibe. A little bit of <laughs> Sam and Diane. <laughs> little, 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 little Ross. About Sam and Diane. <laughs> uh, no, I'm talking about Sheeran. Barbacks <laughs> in a Boston bar. You, you fixed Sam's going to be a baseball player. He was. He's on the Red Sox. Diane's going to go marry some random Jump guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Woody Harrelson's on. 
Long after the thrill <laughs> of Frasier is gone. They all rock on. Uh, if you saw Cheers, maybe you appreciated a few of those puns. If not, I apologize for having to have sat through that. Um, yeah, but like a little Ross and Rachel, uh, the will they, won't they of Hercules. Uh, I like the fact that at the end, it took a real commitment on both of their parts. I like the fact that it wasn't the, the love at first sight trope that we get a lot of times with Disney. This is no Ariel and Eric. This relationship required a little work. Thank God it wasn't an Ariel and Eric because that one was shallow. This one at least is based on over time uh, working together, actually yeah. working against each other. And then you get the the reversal of this where he is pining for her instead of the normal Disney princess trope of her pining for him. Yeah, I like this. It, was, it wasn't like the Ariel Stockholm syndrome with oh, this relationship. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a thing now. It got dark. That did. Well, so we, we thought about this. Ariel was almost on Much the like list. Much like Ariel. Yeah, Ariel was almost on the list. But you disagreed. You were vehement in your, uh, your opposition to uh, Ariel. You were like, no, I cannot get behind that relationship. I think it's- no, and that's why she is off the list. Listen, yeah. she's a spoiled brat. She didn't Unlike make it. Meg, Meg is working hard just trying to get away from things. She just wants to live her life what? alone. She doesn't want to deal with these demigods and gods, and she doesn't want to be part of a Greek tragedy. She's Who been does? Hurt. Yeah, she's been hurt before. She's yeah. been burnt, so she's not going to jump into love quickly, but it's just Hercules is so genuine. He's so true. Like, he's his love is real. You know, there's nothing fake about him. There's no auspices. I just love it. I love. And she's there for every 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 um yeah. every twelve of the uh, quest he goes on. She she was or monsters or whatever she does. I like I like this. So uh, Megala and Hercules in at number eight. And you know Hades is just looking over, just going Ugh. two yeah. thumbs way up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our number seven couple. I will tell you, Greg, they're not afraid to introduce toys into the relationship. And that is Woody and Bo Peep from Disney's Toy Story. Is their friend Buzz? Uh, yeah, Buzz the the astronaut. Very yep, very good. You know you know the two. I uh, I <laughs> I love these two. Um, I am going to tell you this right now. I think that Woody and and Bo Peep got the ending they deserved in Toy Story Four. There's a lot of hate out there for Toy Story Four. People did not like the storyline. They thought that three was the perfect ending. Perhaps three was a perfect ending for the entire gang. But Woody got the perfect ending in, in Toy Story 4, man. I love the way that the two of these wound up together, that the two of them uh, have. It doesn't matter where they are in the world. It doesn't matter where life takes them. As long as they're together. We see their relationship grow from Toy Story 1, where it's just a... Uh, Hey, Sheriff, wink, hey, wink, nudge, Sheriff, nudge. Yeah. And then a little flirtatious. Little, little episode two, they're kind of, she's still like, hey, Sheriff, how you doing, big guy? And then she's not in three where they're like, she's too porcelain and too fragile to be in. And then she comes back in uh, Toy Story 4 and she's like broken. She's, got she's some, been through some stuff and she's like, all right, Sheriff, let's go. It's you and I. We're going to finish this out. We're going to ride off into the sunset onto the, uh, with the, uh, what's it, bullseye? Yeah. Uh, well, and Ducky and yeah. Bunny. Yeah. So they, they kind of, you know, they become carnies. So you know what I like, too, about Bo Peep? She wears the pants in the relationship. Literally. Yeah. Literally. She's got a big stick. Speak softly. Carry a big stick. It's, isn't it? It's a, it's a hook. It's a crook, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Moving on to number seven. 
Uh, we go from toys to video games. Uh, a favorite of yours and mine. We love this movie. One of our favorites here on Dislife Podcast, and that is Wreck-It Ralph. So we're choosing the lovable couple from Wreck-It Ralph, and that would be Fixic Felix and Sergeant Calhoun. Clearly it's salmon, Mark. Clearly. <laughs> the relationship, it's based on a salmon. They had a plate of bracciatella. That's <laughs> the worst Italian accent of the world. Um, their relationship is great. Like, listen, he he's the fix-it guy. Yeah. He's never seen a dominant woman before. And then she kind of comes into his world and dominates Golly, him. The high def of it. Like, he's, yeah. he appreciates her pixels better than anyone in this world. Amazing. And she wasn't ready for some little guy. to like. And he's a small guy. She's a dynamite gal. She is. I love the backstory. So in the first one, I love the backstory where she's getting married and then the bug winds up eating her fiance and they do the flashback. It's just too good. And then the, the whole sequence where she's like punching him in the face. <laughs> it's brilliant. With the laugh. And he just chappies. keeps fixing himself. La 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 She just interrupts the romantic moment with the, <laughs> with the gunfire. Look. Strong-willed women rule the day in this day and age in Disney animation. And I am here for it. And look, Felix, yeah, he needed to be, um, he needed to be a little emasculated by her. Jane Lynch does such a good job with Sergeant Calhoun. What was then, she in? Was she in Glee? She is in Glee. Uh, she's in a lot of stuff. She's just, she's phenomenal. Was she in Avatar? Not in Avatar. Not in Avatar. No, everyone okay. in it. I know that everyone, you think everyone is in Avatar and it's very possible with the CGI. But definitely not in Avatar. Um, but I like the the continuation of their story in the second movie when they adopt all of the the, the racers. <laughs> oh, they do, don't they? Yeah, as as a couple, and they always wanted the kids, and then they adopt the racers, and they're like overwhelmed. For anyone who's ever experienced those difficult times becoming a parent, like you definitely associate with that. But yeah. then, as a couple, they come together, they create a little bit of order, and they reform the kids. <laughs> it's just so. It's so wonderful. Look, man, I love Fix It Felix and Sergeant Calhoun. I'm rooting for a Wreck It Ralph three, and I want. Why couldn't I, we get that announcement from Disney? Well, maybe Bob, are you listening? <laughs> I'm Bob. I need an. I need another Wreck It Ralph. Which All Bob right. are we talking to? Iger. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I did send Mr. Chapek an email, but he never responded, and now it doesn't. I'm matter. surprised that uh, the Bobs didn't make it onto our relationship. <laughs> Not <talk>. happy, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Not. Happy. All right. Speak, speaking of which, moving on to number five, uh, we are huge fans of Mr. and Mrs. Incredible or Elastical. <laughs> Craig, that, I'm sorry. That was my was, best. That was my that best. Was Edna Edna. Mode? That was my best. That was, Edna. Good, that was good. Edna mode. You just pulled that out of nowhere. I saw that come into your eyes and you were like, I'm going to do it. I went for it. You did. So uh, you go first on, on these two, because I know you love them. They're, they're just phenomenal. They are, they are incredible, apparently. Listen, they have been around the world in I, I, I. Like, they have seen a lot of stuff. When we first see them, they are these young, spry. Elastigirl is, is, is pretty had, stretchy at that point. She had point. moves. Mm -hmm. She did, and uh, she didn't have a, a mom hip. Nope. And the mom hips, I'm, I'm, they're, she should be proud of having mom hips by the time you get to the uh, first movie. Like in that, 
where she can't get around certain things and like her butt gets caught. I mean, <laughs> she should be proud of that mom hips. Look, Mr. Incredible, he is uh he uh, he went from all muscle upstairs to uh big guy in the gut department. You to- know what I you know what I love about these two? Well, no, listen. You know what I'm I- trying to figure out how to say this in a PG okay. manner. When all right, when when you're no longer at peak physical condition, right? There's something wonderful about there still being that spark. That's what that's what is so great about this couple. They are past their prime, <laughs> their physical peak. They're not as attractive no. as and they were fine. when they met. Yeah. And that's the funny th- is like you meet them, there's a clear attraction. They're flirtatious on the top mm-hmm. of the thing. You could tell it was a very spicy relationship, muy caliente. And then, you know, like so many of us, you have a few kids. You know, then all of a sudden the romantic texts turn into, hey, I have puke on me. Can you mm-hmm. go and get some extra dog food? Life becomes a little Do you remember uh, Stretch Armstrong? I do. After a little while, you would put it back and it'd have a few wrinkles on it. It, it just would. would not go just back. It doesn't to, keep the same listen, shape. Listen, Girl's the same way. She has had a few kids. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Pause. Stop. We were, we were doing something she really nice. She is not... She is not just a, a, a mainstay anymore. She is now the Womper, where she uh, is a parachute Ladies because and gentlemen, she is stretched out so much. Yes. He, on the other hand, looks at her with nothing but love, love and affection. affection. And he, he, look, They're very- I've been married for a long time. Yeah. I am still an amazing, beautiful man. And so <laughs> is my wife. Not a man. She's a woman. <laughs> Save me from this, Mark, before I dig myself too deep in my hole. The reason that they are number five is no matter what they've gone through, they they've faced a lot of challenges. They come home to each mm-hmm. other. They make it work. And I love the fact of even in the second one, how Mr. Incredible supports her in her endeavor to get out there to take that lead role. And they are they are a loving and supportive couple. They are super parents and they are just a super couple in our eyes. Uh, Greg's gone back back to playing with his manipulatives as we move on to number four. Greg, you are a huge fan of these two because you love how self-made this couple is. And of course, we're talking about Princess Tiana and Prince Naveem from The Princess and the Frog. Did you know that she now owns a food cooperative mm-hmm. um, in a old Southern Salt Dome mining company? I did. It's amazing. Like her and Prince Naveen are still on this path of having an amazing relationship that's built on mutual trust. And he's like, girl, you don't have to be a princess. You can still be a business owner, self-made woman. That's a strong couple right now. Most times you go back into the past of Disney princesses. Correct. The man is the strong one and is the, the breadwinner. And she's supposed to be home like Aurora well, not Aurora. I know you. I walked with you. Yeah, once come in with the same. On a tree. I don't want my princesses <laughs> like that anymore, Mark. I want them strong-willed. I want them business owners. I want them educated. I want them to do what they want to do instead of being told what to do. And Prince Naveen and Princess Tiana are those type of goals in Disney movies. And the relationship is built on love and trust. It's a great relationship. This was a real flip in the way that Disney. Approved approached relationships and princesses instead of Tiana pursuing a prince in the truest fashion. She is centered on work and her own, her own future. She wants nothing but to fulfill her dreams. And then along the way she meets this 
kind of, well, let's say Naveem is aloof when they first meet. He's kind of wandering around the world. He's a little bit of a player. He's a flirt. He doesn't have much structure in life. He's not very grounded. And then because the two of them become close and they become forged by this experience together, they develop a very beautiful relationship that complements each other. But I love how Naveem, of the two of these characters, Naveem is really the one that changes throughout the course of this relationship in this movie in that he you know, he's the one that has a bigger character arc. She's the stronger of the two in the relationship. Right. And it was a real change for Disney in terms of that paradigm and what their Disney princesses were. And I would say that since Princess Tiana, there has been a very big shift in the way that Disney approaches Yeah, I think their- this is the movie where the shift started. Absolutely. 100%. We love them. So for that reason, they are number four. But the th- number three, two, and one are all unique for different reasons. But the next two were also very progressive. And that would be our number three. Let's- I'm malicious, mean, and scary. My sneer could curdle dairy. And violence-wise, my hands are not the cleanest. And my temper and my look. I've always yearned to be a concert pianist. <laughs> Your dream stinks. I like her dream better. I like her dream better. Uh, and that's number three, Rapunzel and Flynn Rider. What what else do you need to say about the two of them? Are they polar opposites? Absolutely. When they meet, it really was not love at first sight. She walloped him with a frying pan. He did hit her with the smolder, but it was he rather ineffective. Yeah. The way that these two come together, it shows that sometimes opposite attracts. But what I really love about both Rapunzel and Flynn Rider is, again, it changes the paradigm of the Disney relationships, that this was not your traditional story. This is not Aurora. This isn't Cinderella. There is no damsel in distress with Rapunzel. There's no damsel in distress. She takes in charge. In fact, yep. she may have a few screws loose herself after what she has dealt with in life. She can womp a man with a fry pan yeah. pretty darn, and she, in a fight, she can hold her own. Well, listen, let's think of their their situations and their scenarios. She was locked in a tower for decades, and he's a guy that was kind of rudderless. He was a ruffian. He was wandering around. He was wanted. So the two of them wound up like really complimenting each other. But the thing that's beautiful about their relationship is they completed each other. And what each one of them was missing in life. It's like the fog was lifted. And the last I see the light. That was nice, man. Thank that you. was very Thank nice. You. Thank you. Well played. See what happens when I pay attention to the, to the show. And you I'm, are I'm laser here. focused right now. Yeah. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. All right, let's keep going. Number two, your personal favorite. Dare we would say this was our number one, mm-hmm. but our wives kind of convinced us. They sold us and on this a- is a Valentine's Day episode. Yep. So um, I'm listening to them. Our wives sold us on a different number one. But for you and for me, for all intents and purposes, we would say in our hearts, this is kind of our favorite couple, and it would be Anna and Kristoff for a variety of reasons. But let me let me do mine quickly. I love Kristoff in that, and I love Frozen 2. I'm going to go to Frozen 2 for a second. I love it when Anna is in crisis, and she has a million and one things that she's trying to take care of, and she's trying to prioritize getting her sister and there's a moment where she turns to Kristoff and thinks, you know, I'm not showing you enough attention or I haven't been giving you enough love. I just love it when he turns to her and he says, Anna, my love is not fragile. That's just such a beautiful message for, 
for boys and for people out there to say, be supportive. Mm -hmm. Like it's not about you all the time. And sometimes the best way to show love is to show, I don't need you to love me 24 seven to know that you love me. My love doesn't like, you know, doesn't need to be taken care of all the time. It doesn't know any bounds. It's just a beautiful moment for me, man. It is a beautiful moment. That's a beautiful relationship. It's built off of healthy boundaries. He showed respect to her and gave her the space to figure out what she needed to do with her sister uh, to, to fix past things so she can move on in the future. Look, one of my favorite things I mentioned in the other one, the Lost episode, was at the end of Frozen 2... <laughs> When they don't even show them getting married, they go from proposal to Correct. the end of the ceremony where she's like, hey, boys, you, don't, you look dapper. Yeah. And I'm going to go do my thing. You do your thing. We'll meet up eventually and do the thing. She is an independent person. She's an independent woman, just like Beyonce would say. Yeah. Yeah. So their relationship probably is one of the best healthy it's a very healthy relationship that Disney has ever put on screen. And I hope we get more movies that show healthy and real relationship. You fight sometimes. Yeah. You, you have to put yourself before your others once in a while. Well, that's clearly because reindeer are better than people. Greg, don't you think I'm right? <laughs> I should have looked up the lyrics again. <laughs> well, people will hurt you and eat you and beat you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the... the and people are evil. Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah, right? Um, I love the two of them. Don't shoot me, Kristoff. I want to live. We're getting a Frozen 3. So I don't want to be served with a side of carrot. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, poor Sven. Did we just kill Sven? No, you just killed Sven. And that went really dark. Look, it's supposed to be a romantic They're like tauntauns. Smell bad on the inside. And I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Yeah. All right. Number one, our wives lobbied for this. And one. And one. Because you For know good what? reason. They're right. They're absolutely right. How do you have a Valentine's Day episode and you talk about the top 10 couples in all of Disney and Pixar history and you don't have Carl and Ellie from Up? I'm going to tell you this right now. When a movie can get me to ugly cry in the first 15 minutes, mission accomplished. If you do not cry in the first few minutes of up when you watch their marriage and you see the, the two of them live this beautiful life together and then spoiler alert she dies <gasps> if you don't cry it's like something's broken like you you gotta fix you gotta fix something with you because yeah. like there's just something so beautiful about the beginning of pixar's up and seeing them start as friends and that whole sequence which is so beautiful and innocent and then she compliments him He's kind of like, I, I associate with, with Carl a little bit, a mm -hmm. little anxious, little cloistered, afraid to do stuff in life. Yeah. She's the adventurer. She's the one that like pushes him and tries to get him to like push his boundaries a little bit. And the two of them are just a perfect pairing. And there, I think so many of us, we see a lot of ourselves in, in Carl and Ellie, but the thing that I love about this too, is it's something that's a little lost today in today's day and age, which is a lifetime of love, fidelity, and commitment. And it's something that it, you start at a young age and it's something that grows and it's teaches us that love changes with time. And as we grow, we grow together. But the, the best part about it is 
Um, I love how even after she's gone and he thinks he has nothing left like to go, like he still pushes for that memory to go to Paradise Falls, man. This is quite possibly one of the most beautiful tributes to love and marriage and to an enduring love that does not know here and now it can exist forever in all times through sickness and in health and even transcend death. And bro, it's, it's beautiful. Our wives were right. Ellie and Carl for me. The thing that always gets me and uh, quite honestly is when they do the flashback scenes and it's just little snippets of life. Yeah. And when you uh, when you get to this age, you start looking back on those little snippets of life, just like, like you that. really do. And it's it's oh, this time was a good time. This time was a great time. Oh, this was sad, but this is life. And what Pixar did in Up was figure out what those little pieces of life that all come together to make your life a beautiful and wonderfully lived time frame. It's a patchwork, right? It's amazing. It's it's truly amazing. But what I love even more than Carl and Ellie is at the end, we get a new relationship of Carl and Doug. Yeah. Is there any more, (laughs) better relationship than a man and his dog? (laughs) Probably not. Okay, so- So at the end, we're down to, it's Carl and Doug, a man and his dog. I need to ask you this. It's a little controversial. Yeah. Supposedly, Disney Plus- in the second season. Oh, no, no, of, no. You're not going to go there, are you? Of Doug Dees oh. is going to broach the subject of Carl going on a date. How do you feel about that? I'm, I'm horribly opposed to it. I can understand Disney trying to further the storyline, mm. but... Just give me cool dog stories. Just give I, me cool dog stories. I can't. I, I want to see Kevin come back. Maybe Kevin has a new husband. Listen, and, uh, I hate birds it. Or yep. like, no, I do not want it. Carl and Ellie is Carl and Ellie. Yes, I understand. Later on in life, you may need companionship and love and affection, but I, my man doesn't need to go on a date. He's you got... He's got it. What did we just say? A man and his dog. Yep. Listen, Disney, I, you need to stop right shut now. Shut it down. Damn. Shut it down. Um, on a personal note, so like um, we don't we don't have this plan. No, is there a, is there a patchwork? Is there a memory that you always go to, like in your and Holly's relationship or or your life? What's your Carl and Ellie moment that you always flash back to? Um, it's beautiful, Mark. It's uh, it's right behind you. There's a sign that says you may get wet. <laughs> it was the time you got wet. It was the time I got wet. <laughs> oh Just being right here, Mark, with you, I may get wet. And your sign was right because here I am. Oh no, okay. Goodness. So, <laughs> well, listen, take a minute, compose yourself, think about it. Think about it. Um, I, I, I will tell you, there, the moment that for me that I knew that like this was something like pretty remarkable and pretty, pretty special. There's so many dude. Like, so, uh, so many, there's so many, that's the problem. But I remember being, uh, so I was a teacher. I was still a teacher and I was in school getting the call that Bella was on the way. And like that will forever. It was like equal parts, exciting, equal parts, scary. And just the two of us mm-hmm. together taking that step forward to become parents is like that's the, in the in the patchwork of the relationship, like and that, you're right on because I think moment. most of us would think of that moment like that's what makes that Carl and Ellie relationship so special. Yeah, is because that they can't do that, and so they instead go, want to go to Paradise Falls. They want to do this. They want to grow old together. That didn't stop them. 
there's so many, again, with Holly that are phenomenal. Like just going to New York City the first time her and I went there together with stories. We have stories about, Mark, you've heard you me stories tell about stories. About stories. Um, yeah, and I make fun of some of those those wonderful stories, but it's it's being in that room when the kids were born. Yeah. Like, and I looked at her as a, not a different human being, but with a little bit more respect. It was just, yeah. And it was like, I get that. Oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. I'm not, I have her and I got to see her in her best and in her worst. And it's still there. That spark, that, that love. Love it. It's, and it's, that's what's there. So, so there you go. You know, that's it, man. I, I don't know. Linda and I are high school sweethearts. You know this. Yeah. A lot of our listeners may not know this. I've been with my wife for forever. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. So I asked my wife out on September 23rd. And you know what she said to me? What's that? She said, no, Greg. But you know what she told me? Wow. Ask me out tomorrow. Cause today's an odd day. And I want to start our relationship on an even one. Cause it's good luck. So I asked her again the next day and she said, yes. And so we've been together since 1996. See, ladies and gentlemen, that is, those are the Patrick stories. Like, that's, that is amazing. I love you guys. You and Linda together are like the, per, you guys are still high school sweethearts. I and just, you can watch it. Like, I've been living in your house for the weekend. Yeah. You can see it. It's, there's love and respect. And you guys are, I just got to get some big framed black glasses and kind of like style my hair a little differently. And then we can go to Paradise Falls. Carl? <laughs> do, do I do I not have a little Carl in me? We all we all do. All right, man. That you want is a little Carl in you. No, we're good. That'll do it for Mark's main attraction, dude. We've we've got to play some trivia. They call me Carl. You know, it's Super hard. Bowl Sunday. I really just want to go grab a Corona and lime. Well, we're gonna do that in about ten minutes. But okay. First thing we got to do, man, is we got to wrap up the show with another segment that we call. Disney's College of <laughs> where's, the, where's the music? I thought you were going to play. Oh, you're going to add it in afterwards? I'm add in afterwards. Oh, I miss that. Yeah. See, this is the problem recording together. I don't get the. Uh, now I'm going to watch, sit here and watch Mark edit this all down. You get to see behind the scenes. I do. Yeah. All right, so let's do the Disney College of Knowledge. This is where we challenge our listeners to see what they know about the Walt Disney Company and its theme parks. You can message your answers to this this week's trivia question to at Dislife Podcast on Instagram. And then we get to choose a winner from amongst the correct answers. And we send along a prize from all of us here at the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Last week, we asked what the second fastest ride at Disney was behind Test Track. And the correct answer is currently Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Uh, that correct answer came to us from Kelly Hacker. You can follow Kelly on Instagram at kelly.hacker.9. Congratulations, Kelly. Thank you to everyone who played. Greg, we- Wait, wait, wait. Before we go on- Go ahead. You and I had a debate before we- this about what really was the fastest ride, especially right now. So Tron is- so you, But you said Tron is 59? Tron is 59. Okay. I thought they were going to come out and say 60 because it's just so much easier to be like, hey, it's 60. Now, is it possible for, because a lot of these have variable speeds, is it possible for Tron to like ramp up? Can Tron go faster than 60 and it just doesn't? I'm going to have to look at what Shanghai does. Okay. I, I honestly, I so, don't know. Well, the, like the, the truth was is- Guardians only- feels like, and you and I have both ridden it many yeah. times. There is a point now where- after a few hours of it running, it feels like it's faster. Like a good two to five miles per hour faster. They, they ramp it up. Yeah. They do ramp it up. 
All right, Greg, hit us up with this week's Disney College of Knowledge trivia question. Mark, since we are talking about romantic couples at Disney, this week's College of Knowledge draws inspiration from the animated Lady and the Tramp film. We want to know what Disney establishment is inspired by Lady and the Tramp at Walt Disney World? Dining? Dining establishment? Is that what I said? Dining establishment? Said Disney establishment. Uh, dining establishment. I should learn to read, Mark. It's okay. L2R. I'm helping you. Okay. Since we are talking about romantic couples at Disney, this week's College of Knowledge draws inspiration from the animated Lady and the Tramp film. We want to know what dining establishment is inspired by Lady and the Tramp at Walt Disney World. All right, there you go. Well, you wanted to make sure there was no there was no mistake there. So we since did- we are talking about romantic couples at Disney, this we're, week's we're good college. We're good. Oh, we got it. We no. got it. It's in the can. We got it. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Send your answers to us here on Instagram at Diz Life Podcast. I'm holding Mark Saber right now. He's and, a little mad at me. And we will choose it. with the, That's not a euphemism. He's holding a lightsaber that's here. I, I, that's, there's no innuendo in this. Uh, we're going to choose a winner and send a prize package. It's very for heavy, Mark. All of us here at the Chimney Company Podcast Network. It's hard. Greg, I'm, I, I, we got to get out of here, man. You're out of control. But that is going to do it for another episode of Dislike Podcast. As all, we want to thank you for living your best Disney lives <laughs> with Greg and me every single week. Don't forget to join us this week for more incredible Disney news and content. It's corn. Here on the content. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm losing. Dude, I am. You don't understand. This is a full-time job. Holly, take this back. <laughs> this is a full-time job. I'm going to actually be playing with the bottle of Downy and Tide Pods next. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't eat the Tide Pods. Thank you for joining us here. Tune in this week for more amazing content on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. And as always, we hope the rest of the week is filled with faith, trust, and pixie dust. Bye, everybody. Diz Life Podcast is brought to you by the Happiness is Addictive Collection. Happiness is Addictive is passionate about spreading laughter and creating smiles worldwide. They love bringing their global community together through optimism, cheer, hopefulness, merriment, and celebrating life's magical moments. They know how important it is to celebrate life's adventures, and their apparel will give you everlasting, one-of-a-kind memories through pixie-dusted family photos, compliments from park guests, and magical moments with cast members. They pride themselves on high-quality, custom-made apparel at competitive prices with world-class service. Let them help you create a lifetime of memories, whether you're Disney-bounding, kicking it poolside, participating in run Disney marathons, having costumed adventures, or just living your best Disney life. You can find their Happiness is Addictive shop on Etsy. You can also find them on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Pinterest. They are proud to be featured in Indie Central Florida, the Thoughtful Gift Club, and now here on Dislife Podcast. Their collection was founded by a 15-year former cast member who knows how to enhance your magical moments for a lifetime of memories with your family. Don't forget to use promo code DISLIFE15 to take an extra 15% off. What are you waiting for? Head over to Etsy and start getting happy today. Follow the link in our show notes and you'll find out for yourself that happiness is addictive.